welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 147 for Saturday the 6th of April 2019. Coming up this week, I've got my quarter two goals all teed up and ready to go. I'll let you know what I'm going to be up to between April and June of this year. I've made a radical change in favour of KDP Select. I'll share my strategy with you in this episode, plus a new Paul Teague mistake to reveal to you. And why it's time for another BookBub submission already. Okay, so first things first, let's go through the word counts and the editing. No writing this week. Uh, I'm off for a month. I'm not doing any writing for a month, but I have been editing this week. I've done three evenings worth of editing on my military science fiction book three. Uh, I may finish the first pass today, depending on whether I could do two batches. Probably not, actually. Now, now I'm telling you, I'm probably, I, you know what I'm like with editing. <laughs> I'm probably going to do one batch of six chapters today and then another batch of six chapters tomorrow or Sunday. But I will have gone through and I've made my first pass of military science fiction book three by close of play on Sunday. And then I'm straight back into it again next week. So I'll do my second pass of it. Um, and then uh, I'll be passing it on to John and James That'll be the final book I'm passing on to John and James. They will go through it. It will go to their editor. And then like a boomerang, it will come back to me, presumably for a final read and for changes. So that's what I'm up to in terms of writing. So a lot of this diary is going to be catching you up with my news, letting you know where we're going with things. And uh, let's start with my kind of moment of clarity that I had this week. I was boring my wife. We were walking into town. I was boring my wife talking aloud with what I'm going to be writing next. And I think it's going to be a thriller next. So the the options that I was juggling was, am I going to do another three military sci-fis so that if my current military sci-fi series takes off in, in July when we start to launch it, I have got another one all teed up and ready to go. Or am I going to write my own military sci-fi series which isn't based on John and James's military sci-fi series or am I going to go back to thrillers and I had a word with with John and James and I think the response there was and I agree with them is that we, we need to just see how these first three books do and also we can launch book one then book two then book three and then you've got the three pack to launch so you've got plenty of launches plenty of new products if you want with that first launch if it takes off if it goes so I could probably if if that series was taking off I'd probably need to get my head down in September and tweak my my plans and start writing the next series of of, you know of, of three and I'd have those done by Christmas if if that was the case so the next thing was am I going to write a series of my own in military sci-fi and this is really when I had my moment of clarity when I was chatting to my wife because there's not a lot of point doing that we might as well just see whether I've hit the mark or not with these military sci-fi books my first attempt at writing to market so I've taken all the Chris Fox tropes from his book right to market and work those into the book and and we just have to see how it goes really when we launch it in a new market it's a new market for me anyway so let's just see how that goes the the other thing I think that's most compelling I think this is when the penny dropped is I was just talking about how don't tell Meg is my my best earner it's a tooth I think I wrote them in 
when did I write them? It must be 2015, but they're, they're a couple of years old now, yet they're the books that bring in most money most consistently. Yet it's an old series. So what I really need is another series like that. I need, a, I need to rinse and repeat, really, if that's the most successful series. So that made me think I just need to write another thriller trilogy. That's the next thing I need to be writing, unless I've got evidence to the contrary. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to launch out on a thriller trilogy and then if if I'll pivot, if I get if I find that I, I've got some natural gift for writing military science fiction, and that book really takes off, and I ne- I need to be launching bo- books four, five, six in the series ASAP, then I'll pivot. So I'll write the first thriller. I can get that in the pot, and then if, I'll pivot if I need to in September. But if not, I'll just carry on writing that thriller trilogy. But I am mindful with what I'm now going to produce by, you know, I'm timing everything to my 55th birthday. I am mindful of what I'm writing in the next year. I want to have 20 books written by the March 2020. I want to get that. And I I will achieve that. I know I'll achieve that. It's really which books am I going to write? So I'll talk to you more about that when we go into our quarter two goals. But basically, I can have three 90k books done by Christmas, three 90k thrillers. And I think that's what I'm going to launch out and do. I'm going to do a rinse and repeat on the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, basically just do another thriller trilogy, same length of books, just exactly the same kind of formula. Uh, they may, I don't know whether they'll, there'll be a trilogy, there may be a series, there may be a trilogy, not quite sure yet, but they're going to be books that I can flog hopefully easily on BookBub. So I get that read through because that's worked very well for me. Because I have, if I had, if I have two Don't Tell Megs running, um, and I'm alternating them on BookBub, that that would work really well for me. So that's what I'm heading for in the first instance. I'll talk to you more about how that's going to boil down when I get to my quarter two goals. Let's go through the general news then. And I just wanted to mention John Cronshaw's Stop Booking Around book, which I recommended to you last week. When I recommended that to you, I hadn't quite finished the book and I'd got the appendices to go through. What I hadn't realised is actually how detailed the appendices were. I just assumed there were going to be lists of books and things like that. And in actual fact, um, when I finished John's book, there is a an excellent chapter that which makes it if you're a new writer or a, a struggling new writer, recent writer, then um, there, there's something in there alone that would make it worth buying the book. I haven't seen this anywhere else. In that John puts a book outline example in, into the back of his book, so he he shows how he's outlined a whole book and he shows the um, I'm just trying to think of the the shorthand that he uses to to plan each chapter and. I found that really uh, interesting. I don't think I've ever seen a proper book like outline before or an example. I, and maybe I've just missed it. Maybe I wasn't, my radar weren't tuned into it. Um, but this is a really good example. So if you want to, if you want to know how to outline or you want an example of how to outline, that's a really, really good example. Um, and I, I was very pleased to read somebody else's book outline because people don't kind of tend to share that sort of information. So uh, that's a second recommendation then uh, for John Cronshaw's Stop Booking Around, which you'll find on Amazon. Um, a, a really good read, so several really useful things in there. Uh, but that book outline for me was very, very interesting uh, to read. Now, I don't think I do it in the same way, but it's just good to see how somebody else does it so I can adapt and take some some notes from that and, uh, you know, obviously integrate it into my process. Uh, I just, if you listen to the three extra episodes I did this week, the three year anniversary episodes, um, just a slight correction there. I called Brian Tracy's book Flight Path in that 
in that uh, in one of the episodes, and it's called Flight Plan, not Flight Path. Now I checked it on Google, and if you do a search for Flight Path, Brian Tracy, <laughs> it can cope with my teagisms, my 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 minor uh, mind slips. Uh, you'll you'll notice I'm terrible. I'm I'm, I'm terrible at dates. Um, I'm terrible with titles and I'm terrible with names. I'm always making little errors with those. So my apologies for that. It's flight plan, not flight path, but it is on the resources notes anyway for those three year anniversary podcasts. I have got the correct title on there. And if you put flight path into Google, it'll still bring the book up. So, you know, all's good. Um, I bought another book uh, this week. It's called On Editing by Helen Corner Bryant and Catherine Price. And I've also bought um, Wired for Story by Lisa Cron. Now, I mentioned Lisa Cron's book, Story Genius, to you last week. And I'll talk more when I get to the mentions, people who've been um, on online and sending me messages this week. I'll say more about Wired for Story. But after I spoke to you last week and did last week's diary, I think what my next aim, my next craft aim to try and improve my processes is going to be, is um, that I want to I want to try and get self editing into a process a a step by step process. I, I'm not really happy with the way I edit. I I would call the way I edit it's, it's more of a couple of reads really, and I want to turn my editing process into something more more active, more of a process because I think that would engage me more. I I, I do like to I, I've said to you before I'm a finisher completer. I, I like to have set tasks. And I like to tick them off. And I think at the moment, the editing process for me is too vague. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm looking for mistakes. I'm looking for rewrites. You know, I'm looking for repeated words. But I think I need to turn it into a process, almost a checklist. And John Cronshaw's checklist was really good in Stop Booking Around. And I think I'm just going to read up a little bit on editing. And then I'm going to try and turn my editing into more of a process, a checklist process, because I want to make it more, I want to become more engaged in the editing process. Uh, my, and I'm talking about my edit, my author editing process. So I, I would generally go through a book a couple of times, get it as good as I can get it to, then pass it on to an editor who'll make changes. And I, I'd rather, I want to get it in as good a shape as possible when I pass it on to an editor. So um, I've put a link to that book uh, on editing, Helen Corner Bryant and Catherine Price on this week's show notes. And also I'll put a link to Wired for Story by Lisa Crom, but more on that book later. I've, I've made some kind of radical changes this week. I have delisted The Secret Bunker from wide distribution this week. And I've probably alluded to this in the past few weeks. So The Secret Bunker, I've tried is it 13 times now. I've tried to get it on a BookBub promo. And I've just decided I want to try something different. So I, I've been trying to get it on a BookBub promo where it's wide. And I just thought, well, let's try something different. So I delisted from wide this week and I've put it on KDP. No, I have actually, I haven't put it on KDP select yet. I've just, it's only listed on Amazon. And what I thought I would do is send it to BookBub and, and promote it on Amazon only as a free promo. And then if they accept it, I'll put it in KDP select and then get the reads and get the, 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 well, the sales, the free reads on it as well. So um, I haven't put, the Secret Bunker on KDP Select yet, but it is only available on Amazon. And I'm able to send it to BookBub in a couple of weeks' time. When is it? Uh, 21st of April. 
So I will put it as a an Amazon only. Now, the reason I'm doing that is because The Secret Bugger hasn't really had many reads or reviews on the other channels, whereas it has on Amazon. And so I thought if I just try Amazon only, where it's got a better review reputation, I just it might just stand a chance of going through. So it's only me just trying my luck, just trying different strategies, trying to work out things I could do that are different that might sneak it through BookBub this time. But um, I'm not going to commit to KDP Select just yet, but I will only, when I when I submit it, I'll say it's going to be an Amazon-only promo. And if they accept it, I'll put it back. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on KDP Select. If they reject it, I'll then consider putting it back wide again. But uh, I just wanted to try something different with that. Interestingly, by the way, I'm able to submit the grid for a second book bub on Tuesday, the 9th of April. So that series has sold really steadily since the first promo. I'm actually quite surprised to see that it's six months already since that original book bub, because um, although I didn't make as much money on the grid uh, in sci-fi, I didn't shift as many as I have with my thrillers, it still gave me a good month's income. Was it two, two to three thousand pounds? I think it was in the month that we launched. But what I would say, it's had, it seems to have had a longer tail, this one. So I was quite surprised that my six months was up and I could submit again because I thought, you know, actually that's had good raised sales for six months now. So it's, it's interesting how the, the genres were different. But anyway, uh, second try with the grid on Tuesday, the 9th of April. That is currently listed wide and I will promote it to BookBub wide again. Now, here's something very controversial, and I've actually possibly shot myself in the foot, so I've made another one of the Pulte classic mistakes this week. So here's what I did. I noticed that my 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 um, my wide sales on Don't Tell Meg have reduced quite significantly, but the book is still doing really well on Amazon. So it was listed for free. It was listed wide, and it was listed for free. And on Amazon, it was still really high in its charts, in the free charts. So it was still top 10. I think it was pretty well top 10 in the UK and the USA in its, in its three charts that it was listed in, which I thought that's doing pretty well. That's good. And of course, at the moment, I'm getting buy throughs. So people get the book for free, which keeps it high in the Amazon charts, but also where I'm making my money is I'm making it on sales of books two and three in that series, plus books two and three, the, the package, and books one, two and three as the box set. So my reasoning with that was, okay, so if the if the, if it's slowed down on Google and it's slowed down on Apple and all the other, but it's still going well on Amazon, does it make sense now at this stage to put it on um, Amazon KDP Select and delist it, but only book one? So what I've done is I have only delisted book one from wide I've left books two and three and, and all the multiple oh I can't leave the trilogy on because it includes book one so I can't I can't list book one in any format on Google or uh, Apple or Kobo those are the rules of KDP select but I can leave the books two and three so I've now got books book two separately book three separately and my combo of book two and three and, we, and I sell all of those so people who who loaded up in their shed load with, with free don't tell me, they've still got that. And I'm still able to get the benefit of the read through on Apple, Kobo and, and the others that I can't remember, Barnes and Noble and the one I've missed out. And so that will continue and isn't affected particularly by me now putting don't tell Meg one 
in KDP Select. Now, why have I put Don't Tell Meg one in KDP Select? My reasoning was is that I want to get the reads. I want to see if I can start to get some reads off it. Because if you remember, I now have One Fatal Error, Burden of Guilt, and what's the other one I've done? One Fatal Error, Burden of Guilt, and what is it? What's the other book I've written? I can't even remember what my books are. The other one, the other thriller, the other standalone thriller, Who to Trust. Um, those are on KDP Select. Uh, and I'm now getting reads off those books um, straight away without me doing any promo on them. They're just naturally getting reads um, because I put the prices high on them to make the differential, to, to show a differential between if you have to buy the book and if you read it. So what I decided to do, I thought, right, okay, that's fine. I'll put Don't Tell Meg on KDP Select, but I'll leave it free. And the Paul uh, Doe moment is that when I put it on KDP Select, uh, what I've noticed this morning is actually it's put it back to the price I had it at. So it, it's overridden the fact that I had it on free. I thought I could leave it in free and in KDP Select. And you can't do that, it looks like. Because when I put it in KDP Select, it's overridden my my free. And it's now put it to 99 pence or cents, which is what it was before the BookBub promo. So what it means is I've, I've, and I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to leave it free because I'm still doing really well in the free chart. So that's how I've, I may have shot myself in the foot, but I did want to, but my reasoning was I wanted to get, try and get reads while it was high in the free charts. But if you can, it's like a Venn diagram, this because they've now put the price back on it and now back in the paid charts. And now you can't see it in the, in the free chart. So that's why I think I may have shot myself in the foot. So let, let's see. Let's see what happens. I, I, I may have shafted myself on that. I, I don't know, but I just wanted to try. Don't tell Meg for, uh, for book reads. If I can get some book reads up on there. So really just to give it another GG. Um, I have then put it on a free promo on a KDP select free promo, uh, because I've got an, uh, an e-reader news today promotion on it over the weekend, but I suspect that what I will have done by accident, uh, certainly not intentionally is I probably may have killed me long tail, on my uh, BookBub promo by, by doing that because I can no longer list it for three free and I'm committed to KDP Select for the next three months. Now I don't I don't massively don't massively mind that because I am doing some little experiments with KDP Select. If you remember, I am planning on relaunching my thrillers from September with new covers, possibly new titles. I've got to, I've got to make a final decision on new titles. Probably as I like my titles at the moment. So I may just launch them with new covers, but if I launch them with new titles, I can relist them again and start from scratch. I'm, I'm just toying, toying around with that one. But I really, I wanted to try and squeeze reads out of Don't Tell Meg again. So I'll see how we do with the 99 pence and cents and in, uh, and in KDP Select. And what I may then have to do is is put the price up uh, to create a differential to try and get some some reads. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but but it, but I I've delisted. Don't tell Meg one. Hopefully though that won't. What that won't stop is the income from people who are reading through books two and three, um, either on Amazon or the other channels. So, so it shouldn't stop that. It shouldn't stop most of that long tail from the BookBub promo, but it might interfere the replenishers. So the fact that it was so high in the free charts, it, it might mess that up. So, you know, let's see. The, the The bottom line is that I'm I'm happy to experiment. I want to do some experiments with, with KDP reads at the moment because the, the whole point of me doing this rapid relaunch is to 
Um, I mean, Don't Tell Meg obviously makes its money, but the, the, my problem was is that because Don't Tell Meg was making its money, I never did anything with the standalones. I'm trying to find a way to make money from the standalones if I can. To, um, so, uh, and the way I'm going to make money from the standalones is probably through reads. So I, I really am having, I've made the money that I needed to from that book, Bob. So I can pay for my covers, you know, I can pay for, for, for all the things that I needed to do. So it's reached its, its budget requirements, which is great. So if my money just drops off the end of the earth now, well, that's kind of hard luck, but I, I have achieved what I needed to financially from that launch. And I am happy to spend some time experimenting now. Now I can't relist Don't Tell Meg for another six months on BookBub. So I may as well have a little play. I may as well experiment with it. And it didn't do as well as the previous BookBubs either. So, you know, we'll go and see. So what, what probably I'll do is I may try, I think I was always aiming to, with Don't Tell Meg, have this six months period where I can't relist it. I thought I might try it first time in KDP Select. I mean, I may actually use Don't Tell Meg as the, as the prime for my rapid re-release anyway. So, no, let's wait and see. It's, I'm not going to get to the thrillers until September, October anyway, later in the year. So I'm, I'm happy to just mess around with them. But I am very much gearing things off. So for instance, I've got my three standalones. I've put them into KDP Select. I'm going to run some little tests and promos on those. They will get delisted probably at the end of that KDP Select period because I want those books to disappear while I get ready for my rapid re-release. So I am going to be taking books... I'm going to be delisting titles bit by bit by bit now, ready to bring them back and hopefully relaunch them properly. So it feels quite funny that, you know, taking taking titles out of circulation. Sci-fi will just continue as it always has. I'll obviously do little experiments. What I'm hoping for, again, it would be very lucky if I went straight in and got a, a grid book bub straight away, but let's wait and see. I'll let you know next week whether I got rejected or accepted for the grid. But I am hoping to make a little bit of money through those, either through getting the, the secret bunker listed on a book bub or the grid listed on a book bub. But I'm not really, I'm not looking now to my thrillers to make me money, not until I start doing that rapid re-release. They, they, they make me what money they, they make me, but uh, I'm not looking, It's for, I'm not going to get another uh, big earning month or, or quarter now not until I start doing that rapid re-release strategy, not from my thrillers. I'm relying now on my sci-fi stuff. Okay, so um, I sent out my monthly email on Sunday, I think it was, yeah. And I just wanted to say to you, I got another great response to this month's author question. And if you want to have a look at the email, I, just a reminder that since I've been doing these more personal monthly emails which I found working really well for me I have put them on a page so that you could always look at my uh, I've got about 15 there now I think it was over a year's worth of my emails and you could just look at what I've been sending out to my list if you want some ideas about what to send to your email list and you want to see what's working for me I've just shared them with you so you can have a look at them but if you go to selfpublishingjourneys.com forward slash my hyphen monthly hyphen emails my monthly emails or you can find it in the the menus on my on selfpublishingjourneys.com if you explore the menus you'll see the link to it but you can see what I've been doing that's been working so well. But the question that I asked people this month was, what would make you stop reading a book that you'd already started? And I've just got some, I just, honestly, I get mini essays. They're brilliant answers. But the in terms of author intelligence, in terms of finding out what really bugs people, it's ever so interesting. And and it's interesting. Most people say that it's it's grammar and poor production that puts them off. I was quite surprised by that. It's not even the story. Many, most people will persevere with the story. But I think 
I'll, what I'll do is I'll turn it into a blog post eventually because it's so interesting. But uh, most of the people responding said it's it's grammar and spelling. If the, if it's so many strikes and you're out, so if, and, and formatting. So if you've got that basic right, they will they will stick with your story longer than probably they should do. But it's one almost one strike and you're out if you're terrible with your grammar and your spelling. So that was very interesting. But I highly recommend uh, as as an engagement strategy these more personalized emails and asking author questions. Not only do I get great author intelligence, it helps my learning process, but uh, this is the nuisance bit of it, is I also re- I send a reply to people. Now, I send a standard reply, and then I usually put a bespoke comment in it, um, you know, because can't, you can't reply to everybody. I'm getting about, it feels like, 50 or 60 replies again this month. So I've got a lot of replies to send. Um, but this is about a thousand true fans about building an audience that feel connected to you and are happy to talk to you. Uh, and that's why I'm doing this. But I love the conversations I get through these emails. They, they, they really are the best thing that's worked best for me. And I'm getting great content from it. And I'm learning as an author, which is fine. So I highly recommend that practice to you. Do check out my emails if you want some ideas and feel free to nick my questions and rephrase them if you want. It's uh, perfectly happy with that. So, um, we got a, a nice mention on the editing podcast with Louise Harnaby and Denise Cowell this week. Sorry, Denise Cowell. Um, so thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I've was talking to Louise. Look, Louise has been on my radar for a while, actually, in that I've been following her on Twitter. But when when I got a mention, I thought well, I must see what they've said, and I, I went digging to find the podcast, and then I found the transcript to find what they'd said. And I was looking at their website. It's brilliant. They've got a really good website. Um, very impressed with it. So I thought, wow, bearing in mind the fact that my focus at the moment, my craft focus, is going to be on editing in this quarter. I thought this is serendipity. Um, I, I, I'm going to get Louise on if I can. And I think she gave me a, a, an initial yes over Twitter um, as one of my monthly podcasts, because um, what I want to do is I want to come up with a kind of a, an editing, a self-editing strategy, a kind of what can we do as authors to self-edit and make things easier when we hand over to our formal editors that we pay to do this job? What, what sort of things? I want to get a checklist. So I thought, great, right. So I'm going to try and get Louise booked in for the podcast. But uh, thanks very much, uh, Louise and Denise, for your comments uh, on the podcast and the recommendation. Uh, the the comments were um, that what I love about my podcast is that Paul's an indie author himself, and in his podcast diaries, I'm quoting now, he charts his own publishing journey, and not just the good stuff, but the problems and frustrations he's facing. I love this aspect of it. It's very honest, but he gets some great author guests on too. So in 2018, he chatted with writers of sci-fi, erotica, uh, fantasy, crime and romance, but also non-fic too. So I recall there was an episode with a school textbook author, and it's not just the writing process, but also discussions about tools and tactics for getting your books noticed and dealing with the ever-changing landscape of self-publishing. So that's a great uh, recommendation for the podcast and, uh, and the podcast diary as well. Um, it's one of the most honest, uh, so it's one of the most regular bits of feedback I get. People like the diaries and they always say they like to hear the frustrations and the problems and they also like the honesty. It's, it's consistent feedback there um, for the diary. So thank you very much anyway, ladies, for uh, making those comments and for recommending the podcast and hopefully um, we'll get Louise uh, diaried in soon. I also want to thank Bill Kokus, who you can find at Margarita. No, it's not Margaritaville. It's Mar- yeah, it is Margaritaville. There you go. Sorry, it's Margaritaville. So M A R G A W R I T E R V I L L E. Margaritaville dot com, and um, that's a good play on words because I misread that as Margaritaville Bill. But Bill uh, was just commenting on the 
the, the planning board image that I'd shared on my show notes last week, saying that the planning board reminds him of the spreadsheet that J.K. Rowling used to plot Harry Potter. I think we've probably all seen those notes. Um, and he said it's both intimidating and inspiring. And Bill comments that he read Story Genius last year. This is the book I was talking about by Lisa Cron. And he says that he, he took its companion course uh, on creativelive.com. I didn't realise there were courses, Bill, so that's interesting to me as well. Um, and Bill says it was revelatory, as was Wired for Story, which is this other book from Lisa Cron that I've just gone out and bought on Bill's recommendation this week. Um, Bill says you should love that book. So I, I, I currently, on my, my to-read pile, as physical paperbacks, I have Lisa Cron's Write Wired for Story. I have that on editing book. I have Story Genius by Lisa Cron. And I have Dave Gochran's uh, BookBub ads, which I've got to read again and just underline all the bits um, that I that I highlighted basically on a Kindle, just for easy reference. So many thanks, Bill, for getting in touch. And I just also wanted to mention Edwin Downward, and who was clarifying. I don't know whether you remember last week, I was just talking about a Twitter picture, which had somebody with bunny ears on. I was a little bit confused, but uh, Edwin has clarified what's going on. Uh, last week, um, Edwin was at the Kelowna fan experience and the bunny ear picture was a cosplayer, right? That explains everything, uh, Ed Edwin. Thank you very much for that. And then last weekend, which is, he says this weekend in the tweet, he was at Creative Ink Fest to network with other authors. So uh, Edwin's put a nice picture of the passes the tickets that you get to wrap way around your neck is it lanyard yeah lanyards they call them um on his tweet and i've put that tweet on this week's show notes so that is pretty well it i'm just checking my notes that's pretty well it for this week's author news a little bit quieter because i'm not doing the writing at the moment but still plenty of stuff going on let's now then move over to my quarter two goals i'll tell you what i'm going to be up to over the next three months or so so as ever, I've put a photograph of my planning board onto this week's show notes. If you just check out the episode number, episode number 147, then you'll be able to take a look at the, a photograph of my planning board as, it's to, as it is right to my left here. You can see exactly what I'm up to. So let me talk you through what I'm planning to do between April and June of this year. So first of all, it's nice to see that I've got self-publishing journeys interviews up there. So I'm planning to do one interview a month for self-publishing journeys. So these are not the podcast diaries. These are actually interviews. And I'm basically going to do, uh, it looks like it's going to be five interviews uh, until September, and then I'll, I'll review it again. But looking at how what I wasn't sure about was when I was writing rapidly, I wasn't sure about how my week would go. I thought I was going to be writing four days a week and then editing. And that's proven too much for me. I don't, I, I don't want to keep that up. Um, that's just too much for me when I'm doing three days a week work. So what I've settled at, which is a very, still a very productive, um, schedule is I'm right. I'm going to write on Thursdays and Fridays and Sundays. And I'm not going to write on the Saturdays. Then I get some thinking time and some break time. Um, so knowing that now, I've been able to shuffle things around a little bit. And that's created a little bit of space there, a little bit of breathing space where I can also do one podcast interview a month and get that edited. So on my, uh, on my aims and objectives for this quarter, self-publishing journeys interviews to release May, June and July. So three interviews in this quarter. I'm then also going to record and release Paul's podcast diary episodes 147 to 159. So that's basically a Paul's podcast diary episode uh, once every week. I'm also going to do more park runs. Now, 
again, I don't want to dwell too much on this because it's not writing related, but I'm aiming to do 10 park runs now in this quarter. So I'm aiming to do, I want to pretty well do every week now for a park run. Every week that I'm available, I want to do a park run now. That's how I'm, I'm upping my, my park runs because you know I've got weight goals and time goals. And as we're moving into spring and summer, obviously it gets the weather's a lot more reliable. Last week at my park run, um, incidentally, I did a park run last week at Market Race and Co- Race Course, which was brilliant. It was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It was on the flat. It was a beautiful day. And it was on a lovely um, rural race course at Market Race. And I don't know whether you've ever been there or seen it on the telly, but it's where I, uh, it's where I went to school just up the, it's where I took my O levels and my A levels. Um, we, we used to take them at the race course because there wasn't a place at, at the school to do it. And, um, I commented on Twitter last week how, how ironic it was that for years I used to hate PE and I used to come in last in, in cross country runs. Just used to hate PE with a passion. And, and now here I am get, turning out at 8.30 on a Saturday morning to do a run, uh, whatever the weather is, uh, of my own free will, just up the road from where I used to skive off at my mates when we were doing, uh, when we were doing cross-country runs so how times uh, change uh, but because that run was on the flat I, I did I don't know whether I've said but the, the run I do in Carlisle is really hard it's got five uphill sections and it really is quite a tough I think it's quite a tough run um, and I, and whereas the run last week was on the flat and I knocked sh- four minutes off my time and almost hit my record if I if I did that market race and run again I'm going to see my mum in August again so I'll be doing it sometime in August now I know the course I had to pace myself because I wasn't I, you've got to run a course once to know whether whether there's a hard bit or any hills in it so you need to do it once and, and I, I, I ran fairly defensively last week just keeping a little bit back if I did that course again, I reckon I'd get under my 30 because it's on the flat. So I showed four minutes off my time last week. Uh, but clearly my aim is to get to my Carlisle time to 30, uh, because you want, you know, I'm not, I'm not cheated the process. Uh, but I suspect I'll get a sub 30 time at market race and when I'm back there in August. But my aim is, is to, to push myself to get a sub 30 time in Carlisle. So it would be cheating if I said I'd done it at, at Market Raisin because it's on the flat. Um, but I did think, it, I, I did think that it was one of the hardest runs I'd done. And I think that confirmed it doing the Market Raisin one on the flat last week. It was, re- it was really easy on the flat. It's ever so, ever so easy. To, I say ever so easy. It's a 5k run, but it was a lot easier than the one doing Carlisle. So, um, that was that was quite interesting. But anyway, back to the objective: ten part runs. I, I pretty, but it'll probably be. It might even be twelve. I'm just trying to look. I, I'm trying to get to. You know, I said I thought I got a T-shirt and a shout out on ten runs the other week. Uh, you don't. It's only the kids get that by the by the looks of it. So I'm not going to get a shout out and a T-shirt till I've done um, twenty five runs. And if I do run one run a week, I'll have hit my twenty fifth run um, on July the sixth. Just just. And if they do an extra run for a bank holiday, I'll do it before the end of this quarter. So I've targeted myself at 10 runs. You have to allow for things like illness and, you know, we had a funeral last month. Sometimes life changes. So I've, I've, I think I should get 10 runs in by the end of this quarter. But if I can, I'm aiming to get 13 and I think it is maybe even more than that. Um, editing. I, I've, I need to edit this military science fiction book. So I'll finish past one. This week, I'll finish past two next week, and then I'll pass it on to John and James, and that will then go into their system. Now, writing-wise, I there's still a little, there's still a few ifs, buts, and maybes over what I'm writing. So I'm not writing military science fiction next. The next book I write is a thriller. But there are some ifs, buts, and maybes here. There's still this thing that I can't tell you about that's hovering that might change my plans. It's still hovering, um, still without a resolution, but... 
this might change my plans and I'll if stroke when it happens I'll tell you but I can't tell you until we we work through the process um but we've also got the book launches with John and James and again if 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 all of a sudden I found out that my gifted to the world was going to be writing military science fiction and the books sell well and I say actually forget thrillers I need to be writing another three books here this has to be subject to change I have to be fluid with this and this is why I'm I'll tell you what my what my plan is but but it might I, it might pivot so I'm going to write a thriller next and I'm going to write 5000 words per day 3 days per week I've I've got some disruptions coming up because my youngest child is doing um exams and I have to do on a couple of days in is it June July in June I have to run my youngest child to exams as well uh, I've got three three days where I, I'm going to take those days out so I can do running around um, picking up and dropping off uh, at exams as well so I do have a little bit of interruption there but not much but essentially what I am committing to is to write Thursday Friday and Sunday for the next quarter unless I've got those exam dates um, and in which case I, I can't write so I, I think I can pretty well keep that schedule up with the exception of three days I think in the next quarter so um, notionally I'm planning to write a 90,000 word uh, book a 90,000 word thriller before the summer holidays but I might pivot I'm, I'm actually I'm reading a thriller at the moment and I'm I'm I'm, I'm just I don't know, I know I keep dithering it's terrible isn't it it just made me think so the, the plan at the moment is to write before Christmas three 90,000 word thrillers just to replicate what I've done with Don't Tell Meg. But if I have to pivot, what I'm saying is, and I'll know whether I'm going to pivot by the summer holidays, I might just make that book a standalone thriller so that I could just, I could finish it and, and not have to write books two and three straight away so if i if i if i changed my plans i'd pivot it to make that book say a, a 90 to 100,000 word standalone and i might then i might then say in that case let's try and pitch that as as you know i was talking about going to bloodhound books let's try and pitch that to uh, a publisher i might just try something different with it and try desperately hard to write a book to a sort of traditional market like the books i've been reading recently the th i've been reading um, you know, I, I bought um, where was it when we were in Spain there was a brilliant second hand book store in, in the Benidorm market and I, I bought myself a load of thrillers that I want to read of authors who do really well in the kind of books I write and I'm reading through them and one of my temptations is to write a 90 to 100,000 worder and try my luck really writing it to that market and try my luck traditionally so there's the little sort of devil in me thinking about that. So I, I am going to remain flexible. But what I can tell you is that, you know, I'm either going to write a standalone thriller, 90 to 100K, which I'll have done by the end of summer, by, by the summer holidays, or I'm going to write three 90K thrillers in a series. Not not quite sure yet. Um, it doesn't massively matter because I'll just write the story. I'll just finish the story however it needs to finish. Um so I'm going to start writing it. I'll come up. I've got a month to come up with a plan. I don't start writing for another month. Uh, I have what I call the ideas machine. I have a what's called a Trello board, which is a piece of software. I put all my crazy ideas. And often when I'm coming up with the next book, I look at the ideas that I've had and look at what I'm, I feel excited about and ready to develop. 
Um, but I want to write a thriller that's very much a domestic drama, of, you know, based around a domestic situation. That's what I want to write next, which is what Don't Tell Meg was actually. Um, but not all I can tell you at the moment is it's good. I'm going to be writing 15,000 words a week. Uh, up until the end of this quarter. So I'll let you know more about that. Just a few things flying around there that make that not quite certain. I've got three audiobooks that I want to listen to. Uh, Take Off Your Pants by Libby Hawker, which I've had for ages. And I can't remember, I think it was John Cronshaw I was reading in his book. He, he was talking about it, I think. And uh, I thought, I'm, I've got that. I must listen to that because it's a book that, it's one of those books that everybody mentions. I thought, I must listen to that because I bought it. So I want, I, I've put this on my objectives. You, you know, my one of my favorite phrases is that the, the things that get scheduled, the things that get done, or where you put your attention is where you get your results. So uh, if I make a objective of it, it's going to get done. So take off your pants on that list. And then I want to do the, the two Dean Wesley Smith audios I've had for ages. And I reminded myself that I got them when I was doing the, the three special episodes for my third anniversary of this podcast last week. And that's the top 10 sacred cows of publishing of the top 10 sacred cows of self-publishing. I need to listen to those. So I, I've put those on my objectives. We're going for book bubs again in this quarter. Um, as I said to you, it's good to be book bubs really on my science fiction so I want to go for a book bub on the grid and I want to go for a book bub on the secret bunker I can try once a month now I will try every month until they say yes or I'll get six no's but I will be trying constantly to get a book bub on my sci-fi book so that's been targeted as well because who to trust one fatal error and burden of guilt are in KDP Select at the moment I will also run promos on those books but I'll probably run promos against bookbub ads too so I want to put some of the things that Dave Gochram was was talking about in his book into practice so I'll keep my powder dry on those and just wait a little bit until I start to do that I'll probably do it towards the end of the KDP Select period um, but I want to I want to do a lot of little, uh, some pre-tests with my books as per Dave Gochran's book before I do my rapid release strategy. So um, again, I'll keep my powder dry with those. But those books will get, a, because they're in KDP Select, they will get a, a week of free promo. Um, but also at the end of this period, I will unpublish them ready for my rapid re-release. So you're going to see a lot of my books unpublished are ready to get the Stuart Beige covers and ready for the, the republication of them later on in the year. Which feels a bit funny, really, winding down a lot of books. feels a bit scary in many respects, but um, it needs to be done, doesn't it? So... Um, with uh, sorry, just just to mention, sorry, before I go on to the next objective, the bottom line of that is that at the moment I'm making my money from Don't Tell Meg, and I'm making my money from the Grid. Those are the two trilogies that I get book bubs on. So worst case scenario is I just go back to the magic formula, which is to list both of those books wide and keep putting them in for book bubs. That's the worst case scenario with this, um, you know. And we're no further forward than we were before. Uh, but I want, I do want to desperately try and move things forward if we can. So, um, on to objective number 10. Uh, so many lies. So this is, this is, again, it feels really funny this because I've had, I had my highest earning year last year, yet I didn't release a book. I'm, I'm about to release a book. I'm about to get it edited, a book that I wrote a year ago, which is so many lies. 
um, that hasn't been through a proper editor yet. I've done my edits on it, but uh, I haven't paid for it to be edited yet. That's going to go to Helen Fazal. I think I can't remember what it is. It's May or June time, I think. Um, and then so Helen will edit it. I'll do my review of it. He- Helen always does a final check when I've been through it. So, and then that will be the first of my rapid re-release books. But it feels really funny getting a book edited that I finished writing ages ago. Um, but that book's just been sitting there. But I, there's no point releasing it because I'm, I'm just doing nothing with my with my standalone books. I need to come up with a strategy and that's why I'm doing the rapid release. So it does feel funny to have all these books that haven't really done anything that I've got as part of my armory. I just really need to figure out the way that I'm going to uh, make some money from them and, and market them more effectively. So finally on the list then, um, I've got some books to read. I've mentioned them to you already pretty well. I want to read uh, Dave Gochran's book club ads. It'll be a quick read because I'm really just reading it to, to underline the what to do bits. Um, I'm not, I have read it. I'm just looking for the bits, the how to bits, so that when I start setting up and testing book ads again using Dave's principles, I've just got the step by step guide there. So that's not a full read. I'm going to read the Story Genius book from Lisa Cron, and I'm going to read that on editing book. Now, if I get time, I haven't put it on the objectives because that feels like quite a busy quarter to me. And there are some audio books that I want to listen to as well, which take some time. So I haven't put the Wired for Storybook on that list yet. That might have to wait until the next quarter. But if I get time for it, I will. But I'm very keen. I've said this to you before on these diaries. My problem is is that I could consume non-fiction really fast and I, and I do consume a lot of fiction and podcasts I'm always exposing myself to author information but I I'm not so good at reading uh, reading the fiction and I really do want to keep reading these thrillers that I bought in Benidorm I do want to work through them so I'm, I've worked I'm working through a C.L. Taylor book at the moment I want to read these I want to read some books by the titans of my of my genre the books the kind of book I'm trying to write to put myself in the mindset, the right mindset when I'm writing this next book in between now and the summer holidays. So I do want to, you know, when I'm reading those books, it constantly gives me ideas and, and I'm looking at them to try and think, you know, what, what aren't I doing? How can I get my writing so that my book would sit alongside, comfortably alongside a C.L. Taylor? And that's why I want to be reading these books. So I don't want to overload myself with nonfiction. I want to make sure I've left plenty of space in there to read some fiction as well, particularly thrillers at the moment. So those are my quarter two goals then. And as I said, I've taken a photograph of my planning board. You can see that on the show notes for this week. I've also updated, um, as I've evolved this process of setting my goals, what I found more useful is to have also a marketing section at the top of the board, which is ongoing. So these aren't, these are longer term marketing objectives and I just tick them off as I go along. But I do want to verbalize them. I do want to have them written down because they are important. So I just want, I've put a photo of this again on my show notes for this week. But these are my ongoing and updated marketing objectives so number one in non-fiction then I want to read uh, bookbub ads expert story genius um, on editing and then write it down make it happen actually which is another book that I bought some time ago and haven't read yet but I haven't put write it down make it happen onto my actual objectives it's it's an aspiration to to read it and and actually consume that book so the these are not object these are ongoing objectives so if if i had these done at the end of the year that would be fine they're ongoing objectives with no particular time scale um 
Number two, I want to do some blog posts again. Again, it just depends on time. Um, I've had some brilliant replies from people and they're all saved and organized, all ready to go. It won't take me a huge amount of time. I just need to prioritize it. But I want to create some more blog posts um, on the kind of answers I've had to the questions I've set my readers. So I've got great answers on whether authors should use UK or US English. I've got great answers on using humor in books. I've got great answers on cliffhanger endings. And I can add a new one to that after last week's email, which was all about um, what would what would make you put down a book. So I've got a potential for excellent blog posts from the content that my own readers have sent me. And again, that, that's on a, you know, if I have time, if I have time on my hands, I'll do it. But they're not urgent. They're not I'm not making them objectives. Objectives are things that must get done by the end of the quarter. These are things that may or may not get done. They'll get done sometime. Um, so also number three on that list is Book Bob Ad's work. So having read through Dave Gochran's book again, I want to, I need to just wait for my next Amazon payday because I, 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 I want to get the money in the pot before I start spending. So this won't happen until I get paid by Amazon again, until I get this month's earnings in. But I'm going to start putting some budgets. I've put some money by for budgets on BookBub ads and Facebook ads, uh, but particularly BookBub ads because I want to start working through Dave's strategies and start to build up my targeting audiences and my graphics in the way that he describes. So I have set a budget for that, but I'm not going to start spending that money until it's in my pocket, until it's in the pot. So when I get paid next month, it'll be in the pot and I will start to spend that cash. So um, what else? Number four, I, I'm always doing this, an Amazon Ads review. Um, I was looking at my Amazon Ads again the other day. I mean, they're working for me in the UK, but not spending my budget. I'm I'm about four to five times in profit in the on my UK Amazon Ads, but it's not a very big profit because they won't serve the ads. I've got high budgets on them. I've got short timescales on them. I don't know how to make more out of Amazon ads. I, you know, I, my feeling is that they're they're limited, um, and I, I, unless you've got a zillion ads running, I've been listening to. Um, actually, I should have mentioned this in the author update. I'd forgotten to mention this to you. I've been listening to Brian Cohen's experiments, and and you know, Brian listening to Brian Cohen's experiments and he spent some really high budgets. My conclusion, my own conclusion and listening to Brian Cohen's experiments are that nonfiction does better on Amazon ads. So that, do you remember when I had my WordPress and my MailChimp books published, I was saying to these work really well on Amazon ads. They, they were really good. And, and they, I could actually see a difference in my earnings from them. Um, because of the Amazon ads. And this is Brian's. If you listen to Brian's successes, most of Brian's successes are selling old books that he wrote ages ago that are non-fiction. What he was trying to do was sell his fiction, and he's really struggling with that. But his non-fiction's selling like billion. And, and that was my experience of Amazon ads too. Um, and what it made me do, actually, in fact, it's to my side here. I haven't put this as an objective because I don't know how my time's going to pan out. But what it made me do was think... Um, do you remember I took my mail, my WordPress and my MailChimp non-fiction books? I took them off sale because I couldn't be bothered to update them. Now, I've had a break from all of that stuff. Listening to Brian thinking, yeah, non-fiction goes really well. It made me think, do you know what? I think I might revise those books and get those listed again because they were good little learners, that WordPress and that MailChimp book. And, and actually, they worked really well on Amazon ads. I, I, you know, what I spent, I was getting about, well, several times back. It was really good on non-fiction books. Um, but because... The reason I took my WordPress book off is because WordPress was just about to change to this, this new Gutenberg system. And now it's like GDPR. 
I've worked through Gutenberg now and I can boil it down to not very many changes at all. So I can actually just do a, a little bit of updates in my WordPress book and say, look, this is Gutenberg. This is how you deal with it. There you go. And everything else is still the same as it always was. Um, so there's not really that much change. And also MailChimp 2 has steadied. And there's not, a, there's not a much of a change on MailChimp to do either. There's just a couple of interface changes where I have to change a couple of screenshots. So that made me think, it was Brian, listening to Brian's podcast that made me think, do you know what, Paul, you should have some nonfiction back out there. And those books sold well. So if I can find the time for it, I'm going to do this. I haven't put, a, put it as an objective yet. I, I might add it as an objective 12 to my quarter two goals. Let's see. I think whether that gets done will depend on how inspired I am when I come to write my Threader plan down. I'm hoping that I can pick off a, an off-the-shelf idea from Trello and, and sketch it into a, a book plan fairly quickly. Um, and if I feel that I'm ready to write when I start writing again on May the 2nd, I might just squeeze these in. I don't think there's an awful lot of work to, to bring those back to market again. So um, sorry, that was a little bit of a diversion there. But um, I'm always reviewing my Amazon ads. But my my conclusion, it was interesting to hear Brian say pretty well the same thing, is they work great for nonfiction, not so good for fiction. Um, and I'm always happy to be educated, by the way. If you found some brilliant way of making the work for fiction, I'm very happy to learn it. But it ain't it ain't working for me at the moment, um, only in a tiny way. Uh, and it just made me recall how much I love nonfiction, how easy it was to sell nonfiction um, with Amazon ads. I've also got to go back to Facebook ads. Um, somebody who wanted to not be named sent me a little tip uh, to enable me to use Facebook ads again. And I, I've done all of those things that were recommended, um, but I wanted to make sure I'd got a budget in my pocket before I started spending on, on Facebook ads again. So I want to earn the money before I spend the money. So I'm doing the same with Facebook ads as I'm doing with BookBub ads. When I've got that budget in the pot, I will allocate a small amount of money to Facebook ads and start trying my luck at Facebook ads again. But, you know, I'm really nervous about it because Facebook didn't tell me what the problem was the first time with my books. My feeling is, is that if I advertise Don't Tell Meg, they're just going to slap it again. And whatever the problem was, which they won't reveal to me, we're just good to make that mistake again. So I'm, I'm a little bit reticent about Facebook ads. My 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 instinct is having read Dave's brilliant book on BookBub ads and having been enthused about that is really to go to BookBub ads and see if I can make those work for me in the way that Dave describes because that that feels to be like the the pot of gold at the moment whereas I just feel that if I go back on Facebook I might just end up getting another um, ads account banned um, because they won't tell me what the problem is so we'll think about that anyhow I probably will try some Facebook ads again at some point. Um, this is uh, carried forward. Um, a couple of the last two things on that marketing list are carried forward um, in that I want to do some fiction interviews with The Secret Bunker, with Solent Forts and with The Island Getaways for So Many Lies. These are general aspirations. I'm, I'm not, you know, these may or may not happen. They'll create blog content and also the content if I do them. Um, but but they're, not, they're not urgent things. They're, they're things I'd like to do, but not things that I must do. I feel that they might enhance the books slightly. But again, I, I'm not really coming. These are all for my, well, The Secret Bunker is, is uh, what I might do with The Secret Bunker is I did actually request an interview, but it's all got a bit, I'm not really quite sure who to talk to at The Secret Bunker now because there are different people. I'm not quite sure what's happened with the management and the ownership and things. And I did request an interview, but didn't get a reply. So I, I, I didn't push it um, because, it, because I, I sort of thought the time really to do this is when, do you remember the, the gentleman who's doing the music for The Secret Bunker? He's got a drama group now and it's being 
turned into a the words are being extracted from the book and they're going to do some voice acting and then it's all going to be mixed in with the music so my feeling was really that's probably the time to be doing the interviews around the secret bunker uh, given that I didn't get an immediate yes when I when I put in an interview request so I'm just I'm gonna let that just move on for a little bit and as far as the island getaways interview and the Solent Forts interviews are concerned that again Really, they want to be done around probably the time when I do the rapid re-release. I've got plenty of time to do those. I don't need to put them in objectives just yet. I might put them in objectives in the next quarter. So the, the sort of thing that if, 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 like when I emailed the secret bunker, if they'd have said, yes, let's book an interview, I'd have done it because they didn't get back to me and I'm going to have to sort of push a little bit more, have to be a bit more pushy to get it. Maybe, um, I, I've just let it sit for a while. Uh, if it was an objective, I'd be like a dog with a bone, uh, but it's not an objective. So I'm just going to let it sit for a while. So finally on that marketing list is, do you remember I did the author notes? I've got author notes for all of my books. So I need to add the author notes to the grid one, two and three and to phase six, but I'm not adding author notes yet to Don't Tell Meg. And I, I said to you, the reason for that was I, I've got a successful formula with Don't Tell Meg. I just don't want to risk it. So uh, I might, I might put the, when I do the rapid re-release, I might put, might put the author notes into that book when I'm trying something new, but I'm not going to put them in just yet. I don't want to try anything that might upset the apple cart with those, but I will start to put them into the grid. Um, and these are the author notes I did ages ago. It's a little tip trick that I got off Michael Anderley and the 20 books people. They always put insights behind the scenes author notes at the back of their book and I just thought I'd give it a try see if it works part of it really is about building this I guess this rapport with readers so that they feel that there's a, a real person behind the book it works the same way as the monthly emails do that I'm, I've been writing that it just makes you sound more approachable as an author it tells people about the locations and just some of the behind the scenes secrets that any kind of reader who'd enjoyed your book would want to know so that is it then for my quarter two goals and my marketing strategy for the three months ahead. So a little bit of a question mark about precisely what I'm writing, whether that's going to be the first part of a trilogy or whether that's going to be a standalone thriller. And because I don't have to start writing for another almost a month, I've got almost a month, it is almost a month, certainly four weeks before I start writing it. I've got plenty of time to dither and mess around with this, um, you know, and, and, and I'll finalise that plan. But what I can tell you right now is it's going to be 15,000 words a week, writing Thursdays, Fridays and Sundays. That's going to be the writing pattern over the next quarter. And it will be a thriller. So I can confirm those two things to you. So that's it for this week's Paul's Podcast Diary. You've had uh, four blasts of me this week, what, which, what with the three three-year anniversary episodes and this podcast diary. So I hope you're not too overloaded with uh, information and episodes. We're back to the normal routine from next week so i'll have another podcast diary for you next week and of course just a reminder that i am aiming so long as i get guests of course and i can record it in time i am aiming to go back to the monthly guest interviews over summer so i'm hoping to have the next guest interview for you, for you on monday the 6th of may i'll let you know about that when i've got somebody tied down and recorded so in the meantime have a great week of writing editing whatever it is you're doing i'll speak to you next saturday bye bye for now Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.